Sugar Slash U for you, laddie. Oi. Oi. Oi, laddie. Laddie, because right. it's St. Patrick's Day. Today St. Patrick's Day. Well, St. Patrick's Day here at Slash U and probably everywhere else as well. Right. I have a pretty good uh, leprechaun accent, or this is an Irish accent. <laughs> Irish Italian over hey. here. Hey. Oh, I. Tis I. Patio, patio furniture. Patio furniture. <laughs> That's my Irish, uh, uh, what's the word? Irish, uh, Irish name. name. Yeah. Mine is Larry Leprechaun. Larry Leprechaun. Where we drive out the snakes and we drink Guinness. My, my patio furniture. Welcome. I used to do an impression uh, of a, like a furniture salesman named Patio Furniture who would... Uh, he was having a St. Patrick's Day sale. Hop on down to Patio Furniture's Patio Furniture Emporium, where all your patio furniture needs. I'm Patio Furniture. <laughs> I think if I do an Irish accent long enough, it just devolves to pirate. I wind up going, I you scallywags. That's like my, like, I'm like, hello. Hello. I'm an epilocon. <laughs> Over here. Over here. Welcome to a Stereotype You, yeah, where here we I'm are. your host, Andy. Uh, oh, thanks. Yep. <laughs> and I'm Nick, and I love killing cows, huh? There. What do you think of that? I love eating burgers. Uh, this is Slash You, uh, a, a podcast where we talk about cheesy, campy, and sometimes forgotten slasher horror movies, often made between 1977 and 1988. Yep. You know, we've jumped out of that a little bit with a little Slash extra U, credit. extra credit, doing some more modern stuff. Which we like. We do like. We had a good time uh, with Drive Through and Horny the Crown, Horny the Clown yeah, last week. Go back and listen last week. But this is episode 65. 65, Nick. Andy. Yeah. I've lost track. It's awesome, right? I need to print a new sheet that has all the movies listed on it. So we, yeah, we do. If we've so. got to go back and uh, talk about past episodes, we, we have an easy reference. But we watched, we went to 1980. 1980? Um... Our Canadian slasher, which we, a Canadian slasher, a it's yeah, a boot time I know. that we have a Canadian slasher in the mix here at Slash U. I know, right? But didn't wait real quick. <laughs> even though it wasn't, um, it was they were it was Seattle, the island, the oh, movie with the family, American Gothic from uh, the season four premiere. Yes, thank you. A few weeks ago, yeah, that was. Uh, Canadian as well, but it was this one is proud Canadian Toronto. Yep, let's go to Montreal for some French whores. Oh, is that where they went? Yeah, to Montreal. I was gonna ask you that when we get to that point later. I was like, they got on a plane, I don't know where they went. They went they to Montreal went to go see some French whores. Oh, so they're in Toronto for the bulk of the movie. All yeah, I mean, it's yeah. proud Canadian. A what um, movie are we talking about? Oh, shit. Yeah, we didn't even mention that. We are talking about the movie <laughs> Deadline. Deadline, 1980. 1980, 90 minutes, Canadian. Yeah, but directed by an Italian guy, Mario he, Mario Azzopardi. Azzopardi. And written by Luigi. Right. It's a me. Hey, Andy, but oh, are we going to spoil this? We're going to spoil the entire movie. And We've already spoiled the fact they fly to Montreal at one to point. To see some French whores. <laughs> Andy, I'm scared about this one. I'm not going to lie. This one's not really a slasher. No, but it's also like, I feel like we're going to get really gross and cinephile -y. I mean, I know we're not cinephiles. No. But this not. movie is kind of cinephile -y and I feel already like I've crapped my pants. I know. We I are. I feel disgusted. We are. Uh, not because it's Canadian. 
No, I would never feel disgusted because it's Canadian. In fact, that makes me feel better about it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, our neighbors to the north make great cinema. Uh, and there's a lot of fine actors from Canada. Um, Alan Thicke, probably the best one. Uh, and, yes. uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Reynolds. I Ryan think. Reynolds. Yeah, Deadpool. that guy. Right, sure. He's Some great also music. Alanis Morissette. Also Canadian, correct. Nickelback. They are? Yes. Wow. Okay. So Canada's awesome. Look at this photograph. Also brought Didn't up last week. make me leave. But Deadline, you're right, not really um, a yes. traditional slasher movie. Not at all, brother. Mm-hmm. Um, stories that reflect your the fault. genre. You picked it. It's your fault. It is. <laughs> it is about a horror writer. Is he it a, is. He's a horror writer that also does screenwriting because his horror does so well, but he starts kind of reimagining uh, yeah. his life. Or uh, uh, his life ultimately does take over. See, I already sound like a fucking cinephile. There, this is like a deep psychological dive into this guy. The genre, the horror genre is definitely, the slasher genre is pulled in with the gore. Mm-hmm. I mean, this has everything in it. Blood, boobs, yeah. cocaine. It just really doesn't have like the slasher vibe that we're so used to. You don't have a killer. No killer. You don't have like a guy or, or girl out with a machete or anything. Well, yeah. It's not like a person You have killing. different killers. Yeah, like but, bloody boobs. She just has blood in her yeah, bathtub. We'll get we'll, we'll get, get to all so, of it. Anyway, uh, friends and uh, family of Slash <laughs> You, sorry that we're uh, kind of going on a tangent here. This is kind of like the f- probably episode sixty-five, the most cinephilely film yet. Buckle ne- up. Next to Microwave <laughs> Massacre. Oh yeah, that one. that's right. <laughs> Buckle up. So, um, so this is Canadian Andy, and I just uh, had no idea what genre they're going for. But you know what this movie's like. Oh, do tell. This movie is like if a Canadian cinephile fucked his or her brother Mm. and their inbred child grew up to love horror, this would be the movie that they would make. Okay, I see it. Now that you put it in those terms, an inbred Canadian cinephile would make this movie. With, yep. But what is the fact? Oh, so the, the inbred child of. Two Canadians. So if a Canadian brother yeah. made love to his Canadian sister. Got it. Total blood related sister. Yep. And they banged it out. Right. And they had a child. And the child came out. There's no way that that's. Is it? <laughs> like all inbred kids come out that way. Is that your thing? Here we I know? am defending. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I'm just. It's a gross stereotype. And I won't stand for it. If movies, as I do an Italian. It's me. <laughs> movies have taught me anything, Andy. No, you're absolutely right. So I the mean, kid comes know, out hey, you know, inbred. Like, uh, squeal like yep, a pig. Yep, let's um, make a movie. Right, an inbred uh, banjo savant who then goes on to make a movie. It, this would be that movie. I yes. agree. I agree. So, um, I see it. This is when I think would be the perfect time to get into <laughs> Andy's, Andy's, click kill notes, 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 notes. Brought to you by Leprechaun. Hey. If you want a fun green mascot or a little pal to pal around with, choose a leprechaun. And now, 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 Andy's, 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 clip kill notes. Mm, thank you, leprechauns. <laughs> I should have, we should have had like some Irish Irish dance oh, yeah. music for the Cliff Kill Notes this week. Anyway. No, the Cliff this Kill is, Notes. This is Irish funk. Irish funk. Yeah. There you go. A little bag, but no, bagpipes are Scottish. Anyway, forget it. <laughs> Cliff Kill Notes. 
a brief summary of the movie so you can follow along with us. This movie is available for free to watch on Tubi. Well, we watch so many movies on Tubi. Uh, Stephen Lessie is a successful horror writer. His books have been adapted into movies, leading to his uh, lending to his tremendous success and wealth. But lately, he's been struggling with a new idea. He's got pressure from a movie producer named Bert, um, but uh, to deliver a really good script. And his relationship with his family is struggling too. Ooh. Yeah, he's starting to lose his grip when a tragedy hits. Uh, hits his own family, it both inspires him and ruins him. Oh, what do you baby. think of that, Nick? Am I a cinephile? For not being a slasher movie, <laughs> you sounded cinephile as. <laughs> I'm trying to make the Cliff Kill Notes real artsy fartsy, I guess. Yeah, I mean, dude, that that yeah. that got me hard in some weird places, man. Good, um, got me hard in all the normal places, so I guess weird places for me. <laughs> My earlobe is super hard now. No, no. Uh, anywho. We're going to spoil this whole thing. We already mentioned that, I suppose. Wait, is having a hard testicle something I should go see the doctor about? Probably. Okay. Yeah, that's not normal. Yeah. Don't know why Which I one? That Your on first, the second, or third? Which? <laughs> <laughs> I've got two. Really? And a half. Wait. So, so three's not normal? <laughs> Uh-oh. Maybe I need to see a doctor, too. <laughs> One's too little, and three's... Oh, fuck. Three's this a crowd. opening scene... Here we go. Into the movie. Yes. Into the movie. Enough deadline. Not a slasher. Talk. No, like us, uh, like if you, this is like a cinephiles fucking porn. This yeah. is porn for cinephiles. Yeah, this one has a lot of um, deep underlying psychological even, shit. Even the opening, we know it's setting up um, that uh, he is a writer because the camera, as the credits open, the the camera is settling on a man sitting on a typewriter that's calculating words on an old-fashioned typewriter. Yep. And as someone that writes for a living and writes for fun, I couldn't imagine old-fashioned typewriters. I mean, like... They're pretty cool. They're cool, and I've got my grandfather who was a writer. I've got his in my office, but yeah. in their, you know, old 1945 Rogers. <laughs> that, uh, that said, I mean, I just, I still cringe when I see him because... Yeah. I am so domesticated with laptops and computers, and, right? Yeah, and, and the you know, ability to erase quickly. No whiteout. The only thing whiteout was good for was getting high and sniffing it, brother. Oh, sure. But anyway, you know, and forging checks. But okay. Wait, what? What'd you say? Yeah, boobs. So those old-fashioned typewriters. He's playing. The kids are playing in the background. The music is soft. It's like it's really setting up. Yeah, it's setting up that hey. Here we go. Let, let let the story or stories begin. That's true. Um, yeah, it's he's typing, and as he does the ching, where he yep. rolls the oh. the thing back for a new line, the title pops up. I like that deadline. Um, both <laughs> meaning uh, he has a deadline for he needs to finish this thing, this script by a certain date, but also dead. Line. I, I don't know. They're the same he meaning. does have a deadline. Yeah, he's got a deadline. Bert's always, his Bert, agent, yeah. his name's Bert. It's his agent or is his producer? It's agent. his agent? Okay, Total I said agent. producer in the Cliff Kill Notes. My apologies. I thought it was the producer of the it's movie agent. that they're doing. That's agent, his agent. agent. Yeah. Uh, he has a deadline. Said, yeah. Holy shit, deadline, because he, yeah. He's making the connection now, huh? Dude. <laughs> Mushrooms 46, Nick 3. Right, no wow. kidding. Wow. So it's morning time, and it's yeah. morning time, and it's setting up that he's a writer. Yeah, you could gathered. see, you know, like you could see like a poster that's yeah. I mean, you, even watching the first time, you're like, oh, this dude's a writer. As he leaves the room, the camera mm-hmm. stops on a, a, a 
cop like a, a photo of his movie or executioner. his book, the executioners um and he goes to the breakfast table where his kids are all gathered around young little kids two boys and one little daughter yeah eating breakfast and mom is there in her nightgown you what? know pouring coffee making porn coffee porn po- pouring porn coffee pouring coffee oh pouring i was like what's porn I coffee said porn coffee that's my midwestern accent <laughs> i guess porn coffee pouring coffee wow man get your mind out of the gutter <laughs> porn, porn coffee. coffee boobs yeah um <laughs> porn coffee we'll take it black <laughs> Yeah, hard and black. Oh, man. We're drinking beer for this episode because it's St. Patty's Day here. Aaron Gobron. So, really, what you're setting up, Andy, pouring coffee. Pouring coffee. Uh, Breakfast. (laughs) It's breakfast. Stephen has. And everything looks well. Yes. Hashtag porn coffee. Stephen has apparently some sort of presentation presentation that he didn't know about. I guess his ma- his wife says something like, "Yeah, and he's like, dude, kids I need to get, get ready prepared. for school. Yeah, Your dad's are, got yeah. a thing today." Yeah, yeah, the kids are important. It looks like a typical nuclear Canadian family. Correct. Kids are taking up to school, and so it's like, "Hey, you've got this presentation." He's like, "Fuck, I didn't really prepare for it. I wish you'd reminded me." I'm gonna look Every- like an asshole. Yeah, yeah. everything's still kind of looking good, right. but then we start doing cuts, which we do a lot in this movie. Cut to, cut from, cut to, cut from. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, while they're sitting in the the the, the wife and the husband, Stephen and Elizabeth, are having a conversation, mm-hmm. we cut to boobs oh, shower scene and yeah. boobs the girl in the shower uh yeah naked taking a shower and the camera slowly boobs. slowly zooms in on the drain on the drain in the shower that's really it they cut back to the and cut back to the breakfast, breakfast table and, and, uh, and you're like wait who is this girl in the shower totally what's going on here like I, this is a movie you needed to watch twice which we do here at the u yep i don't know though <sighs> I don't. I don't feel comfortable telling everyone else to watch it twice. Like that's why they have us. I because suppose. I, when I first watched, I was like, "What the hell's going on?" Yeah, is, is that like? Is this like an older daughter yeah, upstairs exactly. taking a shower? What's happening? That's like it too. There's this a B story going yeah, on. I, I, I didn't get. But you know, again, you start kind of getting the idea of what's happening. Yep. Um, maybe it's a story that he's trying to create in his mind for another book, script, whatever. Right. But we do cut back to the breakfast nook where we uh, have daughter and dad talking. Sharon and Stephen. This little girl, seven-year-old girl. girl. Yeah. And she's... She's bummed because daddy works too much. Yeah. You know, and daddy promises as soon as he's done with this current project, script, movie, whatever, we're going to go on a trip and we're just do nothing but spend time together and play. Are you sure, daddy? Like, yes. Yeah, I'm sure. Get get to school. Get to school. Get to school and ride the moose to school because we're Canadian. (laughs) Right. Get on your moose and go to school. (laughs) And I hope you do well at hockey practice. That's right. (laughs) Little girl. She's probably in her second or third year of hockey at that point. Uh, That's all they do. (laughs) Ride mooses and And drink labats. Play hockey and drink labats. Yeah. Do we have? Do we have any Canadian listeners? I'm sure we do. We um, not anymore though. Um, yeah. All of our foreign listeners hate us by now. I'm sure they love us because of all of the accents we do and picking on other countries. But uh, they love I challenge us. anybody to send us a sample of you doing an American accent. I'll listen and laugh. Hamburger. I'll just love it. Yes, we always do American accents. Yep. Cowboys and guns. Yes, and football. But let's get back to that boob scene. Please. Boobs. Boobs. Bl- I mean, all of a sudden, blood starts filling up the tub. It starts pouring out of the, up the drain. drain. Yeah. So the first thing I think of is blood and boobs. Because if you're a slash you student, yep. you know that Andy and I like to talk about boobs and blood and, and body parts. and Beers and beers drugs. Beers and, and drugs. I yep. mean, that's what the essential, even though this isn't a... 
a traditional a traditional yeah, slasher yeah. movie we got some horror coming in a lot of blood a starts, lot it starts coming out of the shower head yeah. and just hitting this poor girl in the shower until she's drenched in blood <laughs> and the tub is full all like almost instantaneously the 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 tub is ankle deep with blood and she like slips and falls over and does she drown i don't know i don't know if she dies she but goes I- down and under the water i counted her as a death i was like i think this girl's dead because she eventually sort of stops moving I, I would too i mean that's she sort of stops moving and she's dead in this big old tub of blood like i i try to put my cinephile hat on i don't do that a lot but yeah. i try to put my uh cinephile panties on i should say yeah and i was like what the fuck is happening it is the first time the second time i kind of knew that yeah this might be a story that our homie steven you know, our main character is trying to... That's what it is. Yes, yeah. exactly. So this has nothing to do with the real-world plot. This is a story that Steven's trying in to his head. flesh out in his head. Which we have a lot of those, so, uh, so you know, stay tuned. I call them side scenes. For the purpose of my notes, I call them side scenes. Oh, and there's some good ones. There's some real so good please, ones. Uh, they are going to supply our dick shot kills this week. Dick shot! Yeah. Hey, don't, and don't tune away right now. I mean, I know, please. like, you love our Canadian accents and... Uh, yeah, you know, but I promise if you stay with us, I will post a picture of uh, my third testicle on Instagram. Please, and um, get us kicked off. But yes, Stephen and his wife Elizabeth decide to uh, hop in his uh, badass Mercedes and take off to the presentation. Yeah, it's some school. rad '80s music. Yeah, this is more Holy. like uh, the type of '80s music you'd hear like on Dallas. Yeah, a lot of horns, a lot of or- orchestral. It's yeah, total Canadian. But it's. In 80s, I was like, oh, yeah, this I feel like the intro to Falcon Crest or whatever. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So Falcon uh, Crest was a nighttime <laughs> soap opera that starred Lorenzo Lamas. Yep. Um, and <laughs> usually followed Dallas. Yeah. Uh, Knott's Landing. That's Love another Dawn, one. Yeah. Fantasy Island. All yep. nighttime dramas. But those um, the the the. I usually featured Lonnie Anderson. The instrumental '80s music was key, and that's what's uh, that's what's playing here over their drive to university. University. I, I think he used to be a, a professor at this. We university. learned that Liz. I, I called her Liz. Elizabeth. That's great. Elizabeth. Liz, Liz and great. Steve uh, met when she was one of his students. Yeah, she like you know because he kind of like starts putting her down. This is when we kind of find out students tension. And, yes. They do not. Elizabeth and Stephen, husband and wife, do not seem to get along. Yeah, there's there's a little tension in the marriage. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit tension. Just a wee bit. Just a wee bit of tension. But um, he is uh, going to. He's getting awarded. He's getting honored for his liter 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 literally li- literary. Wow, I'll edit that. Not <laughs> little his... little little. <laughs> All right, porn <laughs> coffee. Not gonna work here anymore. <laughs> to, to, to today, Junior. <laughs> uh, his literary accomplishments. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, his... Literally? Um, <laughs> man, you're Sorry, dead. I had to. Yeah. Uh, he's literally being he's awarded. He's literally getting awarded for, for his, his literary, literary contributions, contributions yeah. to society. And yeah. he's... Uh, I didn't know if it was an English class. Are they young writers? Are they young cinephiles? Young Canadian cinephiles? I mean, there's so much they could be, but well, let's just go with Canadian cinephiles. Yeah, they're awarding him a plaque from the cinema studies department. There you go. The, the one uh, lecturer teacher guy said that. Um, yeah, we learned that The Executioners was his first novel. That became a film? That became a film, uh, and that would sort of skyrocket him to success. They actually watch, um, they watch a clip from his latest movie or one yes. of his more recent movies? Yeah, see, I, I think this is where we kind of find out that he's a writer that's also a screenwriter because mm-hmm. 
of the horror genre. Again, you got to remember this is the '80s in Canada, yeah. where movies were just discovered. So, um, <laughs> in the, the movie, '80s, yeah. <laughs> Before the, then, Canada didn't have movies. <laughs> they had whittle sticks. Right. No um, hockey <laughs> and mooses. This is why we stopped drinking beers doing this uh, podcast. Yeah, it's this one's going to be about three hours. We no, go I'm off on, on these tangents. <laughs> the, this, they're showing an excerpt of a film that he was working on. Right. Let's assume that he wrote it. It's called Anatomy of Horror. Yeah. And it's... Uh, another It's a side scene. scene. Yeah, another side scene. And it's pretty much just a guy working on a big agriculture piece of machinery. It's a snow removal machine. Snowplow, yeah. Snowplow because it's got those big rotary, you know, rotors that... Yeah. So he's working in the rotors. Right away, you go, uh-oh. Yeah, motherfucker's going like, to die. I mean, I mean, he is in the mix. He is, <laughs> right. like, in between the rotors, just spring, yep. spring, spring, like, screwing on a nut, a bolt, whatever. Yeah. A goat comes up. And of goat, all things. Yeah, just a little goat. <laughs> I'm thinking Satan, because doesn't Satan have to do something with a goat's head or something? I feel like goats, yeah, and, and like goats and hooves and things are always yeah. associated with satanic so stuff. So I just yeah. said, yeah, devil goat. Devil goat. So devil goat comes up and kind of looks at him while he's working on the snowplow, and he's like, get out of here. I told you to get out of here. I told you, you stupid goat. So Fuck the off, goat, goat runs off, and so he goes back to work on the plow, and you know, and then it starts kind of the move. The plow starts to move. He's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. He looks around like, what the fuck? He really starts getting back into that plow. And, uh, I mean, this thing's huge. I mean, it is like the size of a... It's like a giant Mack truck. Yes. It's huge And, the, and this thing removal. is the width of that. Yes. Yeah. It, I mean, it is like... It's Those of you who are familiar with snow blowers and that auger that sort of brings... It, it, it pulls snow the snow... Snowblowers. Canadian hookers. Uh, oh, hey. good one. Uh, just alienate them some more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those of us here in Wisconsin use snow blowers a lot where it... Um, Snow throwers. Sometimes yeah. people call them. It it pulls the snow in with those those, those big churning rotor auger things. Huge. huge. So again, this guy's in there working. The goat, the devil goat, comes back. Yep. Make a long story short, the devil goat turns on the fucking machine, mm-hmm. and this guy gets sucked in, and he loses his hand first, then he loses his leg, and blood is spurting everywhere. Then he's just engulfed in these rotors, and that is my. Dick kill. Dick kill. Shot of the week. Shot of the week. Kill of the week. Dick shot. Kill of the week. Dick shot. Kill of the week. Nice. <laughs> Again, Andy, first kill. Yeah. First kill is my kill. I love Devil Goat. Uh, you know, uh, Death Goat. Well, we, the shower girl drowning in blood. Oh, that was the yeah. First okay, one, so but, this you're right. Second yeah. kill, but this one is like this is the first good one. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of maybe Goat Voorhees. Ooh, I like it. Goat Kruger. Nice. Goat Myers. All right, I can oh, go on. Yeah. But anyway, on. Devil Goat kills this dude, and then that, that's the scene. And so then that scene ends, and they turn yeah. off the film projector. Again, they're watching this in class. Right. And the um, I guess the guy who was leading the presentation goes, oh, that is the creator. Now I'd like to present the creator of that amazing sequence. Right. Devil Goat is I an guess. amazing sequence? What was the movie called again? Profiles in Horror? Or? Anatomy, of, Anatomy horror. of Horror. Anatomy of Horror. All right. Cool. Shit, I would have called it Death Goat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, goat, like, we got to work greatest of all time somehow into it. Goat. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Tom Brady killer. Because Tom Brady's the goat. I don't know. All goat. Oh. Greatest of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Greatest of all time. But, I mean. You got to work that into it somehow. But Anatomy <laughs> of Evil's okay, I guess. Anatomy, anatomy of, horror. of Horror is okay, I guess. So back to Death Goat. No, I'm kidding. But um, many of the members of the class there did not seem impressed. I saw a lot of looks of kind of disgust on their faces. And 
some yeah, but, people shaking their heads like, no, that now, wasn't good. Yeah, because they're, they're opening up this, uh, you know, so the Canadians, young cinephiles can uh, ask Steven some questions about his um, mm-hmm. career in horror. But his at, wife uh, reminisces so, about yeah. the time when she was a kid in his class and remembered when she first met him, I guess. Yeah, they look exactly she the She must have been, yeah, they didn't de-age anybody, but she, oh. she must have been just remembering, like, why she originally fell in love with him, I guess. Because their marriage is on the rocks now. Oh God, that is it. Yeah. Is it ever? But uh, super cinephile But this is like his speech starts getting cinephile Like when I mean, again, we use cinephile a lot, but we are going to re- write Miriam uh, dictionary and Miriam Webster or whatever. We're going to write some <laughs> girl named Miriam and say, "Wissens, you need to put cinephile in the dictionary." Yep. Because they start talking about how. Does horror really have a connection with modern society? How much does morality play into this? Yeah. Yada, yada, Steve yada. starts t- commenting on how his writing is a commentary on the challenges we face in modern society. And, and they start flashing Nick to another side scene that is playing, you know, rinky-dink children's music. Is it Pop Goes the Weasel or something? Yeah. Yeah, it Pop starts, play- goes yeah, the it weasel. starts playing. Yeah. That, that's the music while a couple of little kids in this side scene, these, these two little kids come into a bedroom with their grandma, apparently. <laughs> She's blindfolded and appears to be playing with them, and they have ropes tied to, to grandma's arms. And they're leading her into the bedroom, and Grandma seems to be going like, "Oh no, we're going to play!" Oh, okay, kids. She's sort of like, "Oh, it's like a fun game with Grandma." But they end up um, uh, having her sit down on the bed, and these two little kids tire to the bed, and they flash back to the classroom so, where yeah, we're, Stevens. We're, talking again we're, we do a lot of cut a lot cuts of cutting. to present day cuts to maybe like a not not a side scene as andy described and this is where the seat the, the the scene starts getting a little heated between the students the and, students and uh steve yep steven they start talking about how uh he's accused of writing horse shit the decay of morality in a film yeah and that this big tough guy like it's so funny this big <clears throat> tough you know african-american canadian or African Canadian. There you go. Yeah, African Canadian gentleman (laughs) who's big and tough, wearing a jean jacket. He's like, you know, I don't like the decay. You know, I I, I don't want to identify with your film because it's Mm -hmm. it's the decay of morality, and and I don't want to identify with horror. And and then Steve is just like, okay, then don't Don't watch it. Yeah, you know. And it's like his argument is, it's a free market. You don't have to consume my books or my movies. Yep. And the the students are like you. But by writing this crap, you're contributing to violence and other decay in in our society. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm just commenting. He tries to bring up other authors and people that have been, you know, condemned for what they've written. But I'm not trying to get like cinephile here. They're doing it in the movie. They are. I mean, cool, because it's like, hey, listen. There's gotta been there's there have been horror movies in the past. Look at Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Was he fucking you know criticized for the camerality? Do they know Alfred Hitchcock in Canada? I don't That's know. That's a joke. <laughs> but they really are turning out to be what do they how, what do they call a Karen in Canada? Karen. Yeah, probably. Karen A. Yeah. It's a boot time. <laughs> no, it's a Canadian Karens. They're becoming. They're like you're horrible. What? I'm a fucking author. Yeah, they want to cancel him and all these like, he's just like, then just don't buy my stuff. Don't consume my stuff. They think um, he's doing it just for money. It's like, for okay, money. Well, yeah. I, I, maybe I am, you dick. To a certain extent, he probably is. Sorry, I'm that's what pretty sells. pissed off about this. But they flash back to the two kids uh, with the blindfolded grandma. Now, these are like young kids, yeah, right? I would say five and seven. They're like little children, a boy and a girl. And grandma now is a little alarmed because she's tied to the bed and she's kind of like, hey, let me go. You know, when's your mom? mom coming here and the kids are pouring gasoline on her (laughs) 
<laughs> so this is this side scene is again must be something that Steven had in his head for an idea, and that's why they're showing us this. But he's being accused of just writing schlocky, you know, campy bullshit to make a quick buck. But he's saying, no, I do it as a commentary, artsy fartsy. This there is my go. views of society, and that the the silly pop goes the weasels playing while these kids are pouring gasoline on grandma, and they ultimately light her on fire. And that's my dick kill shot of the week. Dick kill, dick kill. <laughs> shot of the week. Dick shot, kill of the dick week. Dick shot, kill of the week. That's dick shot, kill of the week. Dude. I had like a one at the end. That's grill some like, granny. Yeah, grandma flambe. I, I mean, mean, seriously, like I thought it was. She gone. I thought it was funny, like when the kids were kept asking, like, grandma, are you okay? As you they're right? tying her to a bed. That was so and funny. And then grandma's like, you know, like, Timmy, my, the strap on dildo's in the bank, you know, in the desk or uh, drawer right next no, to No, no, no. <laughs> Timmy was not going to strap on a dildo and bang no. his grandmother. But the God, I'm yeah. so sorry. Not in this movie, anyway. Maybe something else. But speaking of coffee porn, right? Porn coffee. So in uh, at, at the end, essentially, we cut to just uh, Stephen and uh, Elizabeth getting back in the car to leave. He was made to look like a fool with all those students shouting accusations at him. It really bothered me, Andy. And you know, not to editorialize, mm-hmm. but I am. They hey all, man, it's your podcast. They, you know, it's like he really was just—he was there as a guest. They start grilling him, and it's just weird to hear that these kids—if they're cinephiles and if it's a young cinephiles club or it's a cinephile, you know, group cinema studies, cinema yeah. studies. Thank you. Yeah, I, I just kind of like was like really. They get in the car. Elizabeth's laughing at Stephen. Yeah, like, you know, you really had yours. He is—he uh, so says pissed. something. He's pretty mad. He's like, "Let's see where these kids are at when they're out of their ivory tower and in the real world, and see if they do anything close to what I've done." Yeah, she's like, Which, no, to they... a certain extent, I understand. You know, you're—it's easy to talk down when you're in a university and you don't have to have a job and make money, but. He's basically saying, like, let's see when they get out in the real world what they're going to do. He was fucking blindsided. He was. I mean, all of a sudden, just like, hey, man, I'm a little little homie that's coming here to help, you know, talk to you kids about. And getting an award. Yeah. And, you know, he's successful. He is. What what if Stephen King fucking went up, you know, drove from Maine to Canada, probably a short drive. Yeah. And was like, hey, what's up? I'm Stephen King. Are you going to accuse Stephen King? I don't want King? you to tell me yeah. that morality of whore is bad. Right. Fuck you. All oh, the shit you write is just to make a buck, you know? I mean, maybe some of his novels, but not I mean, all of them. what did this guy... I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like they're looking at... They're, they're berating him like, you know... I bet if the director of Hubie Halloween showed up in that class, they'd be like, oh, you're a master. Yeah, they might have, but the, the point Hubie being, Halloween. well, Steven's point of view is just like, listen, these none of these people have any real world experience. They're students. Yeah. So how, who are they to talk down to me? But the wife still laughs and at him. And the wife still laughs at him. And he gives her a hit, yeah. punches her into the arm, and immediately is, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean, I, my temper got the best of me. Like, he didn't like soccer, but still not something you should do. You know, he gave her a quick. Bam in the arm, not yeah. not playful, just ah, not you know, playful knock it off. At all. And enough for you to raise your eyebrow and go, "Whoa, is this guy? Is this guy about to beat his wife?" And she doesn't like it either. And it's and like shit like that and killing animals. I don't like. Like yeah. when I see like this is definitely like a gateway punch. I mean, yeah. he didn't really hit her hard, but you could tell this guy could be pushed to punch his wife, which is a bad sign, man. Well, you know, as she's laughing at him, you know, he's like, I got to go to the studio. I got to go yeah. take care of this film that I'm, I'm a part of. And she's right. like, well, we got this party to go to. And he's like, I'll just meet you there. So she le- like she's getting out of the car. Yeah. She's like, she's well, like I'm not staying with you. I'm taking a cab. Yeah. And, and he's like, well, later I'm going to the studio, which is. And he uh, says, I'll meet you at the party later, which is very important. Yep. 
Hey, Elizabeth, honey, sweetheart. So sorry I hit you. Sorry I hit you. <laughs> I'll see you at the party at a boot 6 p.m. At <laughs> a boot. And so they go uh, to the studio where they're shooting a movie. I fast forwarded through part of this on my second watch because it's really just a long well, scene. They're watching like the dailies, I guess. Or they're no, watching they're, some yeah, film that they've shot. They're watching uh, Darlene, who is the actress, who is a nun. They're yeah. watching a scene where she is in a field walking from a tree to a hole within the ground of this field where she discovers a box. Right. Right away as they cut away from the, um, like what you said, they're watching the kind of like the dailies that they they, yeah. they, they filmed that day. Darlene, you know, they, they hit pause and Darlene, who is a high maintenance actor. She is very much a high maintenance actor. Seems to be. She tells Steven's uh, agent, Bert, you know, like, hey, Bert, tell your boy to write better shit. Yeah. I need lines. Give me some lines. Because say. obviously yeah. she's just a nun in this weird ass movie, which later we know to be called Vampire Nuns. Oh, is that what it's called? I don't know. I just made it up. I mean, <laughs> you could have fooled me with that. That could have been what it was called. Damn it, I'm going to fake fat yeah. news at all. You haven't. But, but uh, you want to count that? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you got yeah, me, yeah. you son of a bitch. Well, no, but I mean, I just, again, like these are <laughs> you all. Tricky leprechaun, you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she she's like, Bert, you know, tell this guy to write some good stuff. Yeah, so, and then he's like, and he kind of tells her to fuck off. He's like, you know, you know, like you just maybe you could be a better actress, right? Or actor, you're horrible. Bert tells him to calm down. He Bert's like, hey Stevie, baby, don't worry about it. Your name sells. Yeah, you're the you hot know, stuff. You're, you're, you're you know, you, you're, you're the reason why films go up. You're the reason why you know people come to your films or read by your books. They're still selling his books. Yeah, his books won't stop selling. Yeah. But, but I need that next book, Bobby. I'm gonna need some pages. Come on, man. Bert's like, I need pages. But Stephen, he wants to write something different, Andy. He wants Steven, to write. Yeah. He's like, and, and, and Bert's like, fuck that. The Europeans are good at writing artsy fartsy. You keep churning out what you do. Right. Bert Schlock wants the stuff that sells. The schlocky, bloody, booby horror. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> the stuff that Welcome we. Welcome to Slash You! Yeah, the stuff we love here. <laughs> uh, but uh, Stephen wants. Bert says, not that artsy fartsy bullshit. But Stephen's like, I want to go in a different direction. I want. You know, I want I don't I want more than just that cocaine fueled crap. Um, <laughs> so we do uh, we do cut to uh, while this exchange is going on another side scene, a delivery room in a hospital. Yeah, a woman's in labor. A woman's about yep yeah, about to give birth. Uh, this one, Andy, is called Suicidal Fetus. Yeah. yeah. What a great name for a band. Right? Hello, Toronto. <laughs> We're Suicidal Fetus. Nickelback will be up next. But first, <laughs> we are Suicidal Fetus. This next song is called Baby Shark. Yeah. <laughs> they start singing Baby Shark. <laughs> but that's the side scene here. There's a woman in labor. Uh, it seems like a normal pregnancy. She's uh, in pain. Her husband's got the scrubs and the mask on. He's, He's like, I'm right here. Yep. I'm right here. You know, like, <laughs> let's breathe. <laughs> Uh, and the doctor comes in, and they're like, all right, we're here. We're ready to deliver, but something's wrong. Something's yeah, wrong. and again, we cut back, uh, you know, from scene to scene, like we right. said. So it's Stephen and Bert. Really, they're, they're just leaving. Stephen, you know, Bert's, you know, following Stephen, saying, hey, Stevie, baby, everything's going to be good. I know it's been a tough day, but, hey, we're going to be great over here. No, wait. That's kind of how Bert talks here, right? Yeah, he kinda, I'm a Canadian over here. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was some big L.A. LA hotshot up no, in he's, Canada. He, he, no, but... He is, I mean, I'll put it this way: the Canadian Brad Pitt. Uh huh. That would Bert would represent them. 
Burt's the agent of to, to the Canadian, Canadian Brad, Pitt. Brad Pitt. Got it. Yeah. So so probably a lot of hockey players. So we cut back to suicidal fetus. <laughs> the woman is uh, there's something wrong in the labor room. She starts screaming, and the doctors are like, "Let's get the husband out of here. There's something wrong." Um, she keeps screaming, and then um, they have finally asked the husband to leave. Yeah, they asked the husband to leave. Uh, it was weird because where did they actually cut? Because like she starts screaming, and then I wrote choking question mark because they kind of look like they're going to intubate her with the the tools that you put down someone's throat nope, to open their airway the yeah but they're up at her head oh. and it looked like they were going to intubate her to, to clear her airway and we cut as she's screaming or what they cut back to steven in his at his typewriter in his he's office, out of his office yeah. and his son his younger son is david david is uh startles him daddy Daddy, I need a drink of water. And he's kind of snapping he's out like, of it. He's like, hey, yo, little homie, I'm writing suicidal fetus I'm over writing, here. Yeah, so the, the, the pregnancy, the delivery room scene is a, a thing going on in his head. Yes, he is trying. He is writing this right, scene. Right, Um, But we're back in Steven's office with his son, David, who's got some Gucci-ass pajamas on. Did yeah. you notice those little pajamas? Those are, those are Adorable. fucking dope. I would love a pair of, or a pair, a set of pajamas G- like that. Gucci. They're not Gucci. What's Canadian Gucci. I don't know. Gucci? Gucci! Gucci! Gucci? That's terrible. Speaking of Gooch. That's terrible. What's that smell? Um, oh, my God. But those pajamas, they look good on his little body. He wants some water. Daddy, and, I want uh, some water. Yeah, he's, Dad tells him to step off. He's Mommy's like, not home. Yeah, and, I, and I'm busy. Go get it your fucking self, David. More or less. Yeah, he doesn't so, like literally say that to the well, poor kid. That's what I get. <laughs> You're going to have to get yourself. Daddy's busy. Yeah, so it's and a Mommy's long, not home. And it's a long scene of him walking through their beautiful home, and it's very reminiscent. Like, it's got a shining vibe. A little bit. And little I bit. know that sounds cinephile but it really does have a, a shining vibe the to shining, me. Yeah. Like this little kid's like Daniel and... Here's Jeannie. Yeah. Uh, but remember... Mommy's not home. Um, little Daniel's got to get his own. David. David's got to get his own water because mommy's at a party. At a party that daddy, Stephen, was supposed to meet her at. <laughs> daddy is so worried about suicidal fetus. He's been writing. That he forgot the fucking party. He forgot about the party. So uh, let's go back to the delivery room. Yep. Back to the side scene. Suicidal fetus. Right. She's... Um, the, the woman is screaming, and then, uh, yeah, she's just screaming in pain. And then it's, she starts bleeding, or what happens? Like, she just, uh, blood comes out of her mouth, like, like she chokes. Like, I don't know, like something she inside her exploded, and yeah, blood she, came she, out of her mouth. She is throwing up blood yeah. and spitting out blood. Very uh, Blood gory. from her vagina. Uh, you know, splatters kind of splatters onto the, onto the doctor. And we kind of come to this idea that they like the storyline is that it's a little voiceover. Yeah, the suicidal fetus. Says, oh, the, the, sorry, the case fetus. N- case number five. Oh, okay, go ahead. The yeah, case number five. It almost seems like suicide in the womb. Like the fetus decided to die rather than be born and take the mother with it. Okay, so, that doesn't sound like a feature film or a feature book. Really or a weird. It does, I mean, that's a short film, Suicidal Fetus. I'd go watch. I mean, I'd watch a short film. Well, I was all sucked in immediately, like, case number five. Like, what, is this happening a lot? What? So far, I'm more of a bl- bloody boobs guy. Yeah. Oh, the shower at the yeah. beginning? I guess. Uh, why is there blood in your bathroom? <laughs> and it somehow made you drown. <laughs> Back at the Lessie Manor, his name is Stephen Lessie. Stephen Lessie. So, just, yep. so it's at a beautiful home, by the way, gang. Uh, students yep. of the Slash U University uh, campuses. <laughs> beautiful home. Elizabeth comes home. Show wasted. She is de-runk. De-runk. Probably high. 
Got some well. raw skin around her nose. If you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Yeah, it is you the 80s. Over there? And poor David uh, with his little glass little of water and his comes out of the kitchen. Gucci ass pajamas. His Gucci pajamas. Gucci. It's like, mommy, mommy, what's wrong? Mommy, mommy. Because she's passed out at the door. She sort of slumps over. Right. Yeah. And rightly so. You're a little kid and your mommy just sort of, like slumped down on the ground uh, and you don't know what's wrong with her. He starts screaming, you know, daddy, daddy, come quick. Something's wrong with mommy. And then the little daughter. What's her name again? Uh, Sharon. Sharon, the little daughter, comes in. And they're both, David and Sharon, are like, Mommy, Mommy, what's wrong? What's wrong? Daddy, come on. And, of course, Steve's at the typewriter like, Son of a bitch. What the fuck? I know. You know? Seriously. Uh, suicidal fetus isn't going to write yeah, itself. I know. He's He <laughs> seems like he's exasperated when your children are calling for help. And because you're something's wrong with your wife, and he's more like, oh my god, it never fucking ends. It's like what? He's a douche right here, man. I was, I was like, what is this guy's problem? Like he doesn't give a fuck about his own family. Uh, exactly. That's where I think uh, the cinephile nation wanted you to notice. Yeah. Because so, the demise of his marriage, the demise of his connection to his family. Yeah. The demise of. Even his own mind, I mean, because he can't write. I mean, he he is turning out crap in his right. mind. So. In his mind. So he comes out, yeah. you know, obviously the eye roll. He's a little exhausted here. And he's like, okay, I got her, I got her. And he, he pulls Elizabeth up on her feet. The little kids, uh, uh, Sharon and, and David, are like, are you okay? Are you okay? And, of course, Elizabeth hauls off on him like, you were supposed to meet me. You know, you're just asshole. And he's like, I'm sorry, I forgot. And she's like, you always forget. You care more about the typewriter. This scene, mm-hmm. uh, the older brother, Philip. Philip then comes in, yep. He's watching. He, do- he never enters the scene to. He, he knows what's going on. Yeah, because he, I think he is probably like 11, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he's old enough to understand that that there's tension between his parents. Yeah, because sure. li- little David and little Sharon, the youngest ones, are very concerned about their mother. Right. Uh, so Stephen pretty much just picks up his wife. Like a to, fireman's carry yeah, up fi- over his shoulder. Good call. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> a fireman's carry up to the bedroom, past yep. uh, the older brother, Philip, yep. uh, to the bed, throws her in bed, bitching at her. Yelling kind of at her like, the whole way, yep. You know, just, and you know, obviously you, you, you probably, he was yelling, he's stressed. Did you family. notice what he said to her? You nope. come home acting like one of the fuckers I put in my movies. Oh! Is what he said. Yeah, acting like one of the fuckers I put in my movies. That's and good. Meaning drunk, wasted, you know, like the guys that he writes, the yep. characters that he writes, and pissed at her. Absolutely totally. pissed at her. Uh, Philip, the oldest son, looking through the crack in the door, seeing everything going on, he goes back down the hallway by his two younger siblings. No, but did you see what Philip watched? I mean, them. Philip, hmm. the older brother as you said, looks into the bedroom yeah. as the father is berating the passed out wife. Yeah. Passed out. She is, yeah. He slaps her. Mm. Like, he takes his hand and slaps her in the face, mm-hmm. in the head, as she's passed out. Again, That I mean, I know it's a movie, but I'm like, what the fuck? Well, it's, you know, emphasizing that this marriage is no good right yeah, now. Yeah, so when Philip sees his dad walking back towards the door to leave the bedroom, uh, he runs back to his younger brother and younger sister, and they stand in terror as their uh, as their dad approaches them. Yeah. And just like, go back to bed. Go back to bed. Right. So he, he shoes all the kids back off to bed, and as he walks downstairs... To he, clean up. To yeah. clean up, he picks up his wife wife's coat. And purse, and finds a baggie of cocaine party what does he say like he says like that fucking bitch no he's like let's fucking party that's not what he said i know i'm just kidding he didn't say that <laughs> he's that fucking bitch yeah he just, yeah he's to himself yeah yeah i mean it's a big bag of the white stuff it is what does it's it look snowing like snowing in canada five ounces or so like it's a <laughs> what 
Now, right? I'd say it's about four, four, five ounces. You know, five ounces. There's 28 grams. This in an can ounce. is 16 ounces. But it's that's definitely, liquid. Yeah. Okay. Well, ounces are ounces, aren't they? No, an ounce is 28 grams. An ounce would be a lot. Nick, the drug dealer. <laughs> Thank you. I would say it's about two eight balls. Okay. Well, so that would it's be not like, a small amount uh, for like, sure. Like a quarter bag of of grass. It's about a quarter bag of coke. enough to get a horse high for sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to somehow you're Canadian, it's enough to get a moose enough high. to get a moose high. If you were able to get a moose to snort cocaine, uh, so we uh, flash to the side scene, and that's when they ended it with the woman. The woman in the uh, delivery room is dead. And, yeah, so, yeah. So again, these are side scenes. Great call, Andy. I really right. like that. Um, Next morning, um, Stephen leans in on Elizabeth, tries to make amends with her. We're going to make this work. She's not having it. Mm-mm. In fact, like he forcibly like kisses so, her. Real quick, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, that is. Is exact, that what you said? Stephen tries to make amends with his wife. She is not having it. Nice. I like that we think that way. <laughs> we um, do. He even leans in. Sixty-five episodes. I, yeah, we started to we share. Started to get our periods on the right. same. Right, we're on the same cycle. cycle I get yeah. it. Uh, he leans in and he he kisses her and she's just not returning any of it. She's just laying <laughs> there. She's just uh, laying there. Uh, yeah. Um. And uh, we have another side scene. Cut to the classic <laughs> cannibal nuns. A church. Yeah, cannibal they're doing uh, communion here. So we have vampire nuns and cannibal nuns. Nice. Which one's your favorite? Yeah. Well, vote now. Slash you podcast.com. Uh, just kidding. It'll be on the Instagram. Not I don't know. Someone, no. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, cannibal nuns and the eyebrows of a, cra- a crazed parishioner. Uh, Nick, I wrote Dude. that. I was like, check out his eyebrows. Was that a Merkin? I mean, what the fuck? He's got two caterpillars above Dude. his eyes. You're giving, you're, okay, ca- a hippie caterpillar. <laughs> fuck, dude, those things, you could use that, like, my big ass head could have used one of his eyebrows as a toupee. He has significant eyebrows. <laughs> Worth watching the movie alone by itself. Yeah, so this is what the priest. The fuck? That's the side scene. The priest is taking communion as all these nuns are watching. Uh, communion, he's doing, you know, the blood the of Christ, yep, the body go. of Christ. Yep. Um, but the nuns take it literally. They do. Well, they're literary, yeah. literally. <laughs> Did the whole thing play out? Yeah, the whole thing did play out at that point. Yeah, he's uh, there's some sort of well, like. It doesn't all play out because what they started to interrupt yeah, again. This part plays this part out. of him, yeah, they attack him. Yeah, because he t- takes communion. He, he eats the cracker, the wafer, and then he drinks from the cup and spits out and drops it actual blood. Totally. So did the wine turn into actual blood, something, whatever, but he I, sort of chokes. And there's like some sort of weird thing on the altar, like a scepter of some kind with a glowing light. And the as the... Yeah, as the police, uh, the police, the priest drops the cup, some blood drizzles down from this glowing thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't I was, get that either. But he falls over, and then, yeah, all the nuns tear into him and rip. Cannibal nuns. Start to rip his clothes off. Seriously, talk about getting a hair in your soup. Those eyebrows have been like, you've been fucking picking your teeth for a week. <laughs> Poor nuns. But anyway, back, this is when we, uh, again, you know, we're cutting back and forth from those uh, side scenes. Yeah. So after the nuns attack and we're, um, we're, we're back at Stephen's desk, you know, who, he, who is, I guess, writing Cannibal Nuns. Yeah. Uh, Philip, his oldest son, comes in and goes, yo, yo, pops, I need some help with my homework. Right. Dad just says, piss off, Philip. I'm busy. Can't you see I'm busy? Yep. And Philip leaves uh, and gets in a fight with his younger son, his As younger leaves, brother. Yeah. David over a little bicycle. That's my bike. Yeah, you're 11 years old. That's a tricycle, Philip. Grow the fuck up. David's like, no, it's mine. I want to ride it. And they they fight. And um, 
What do you think this is about, Andy? I, I wrote that. I, I think guess they want showing, attention. I guess it's showing the chaos that is, th- that is now his environment. Ooh. That sounded cinephile. Fucking cinephile. I think uh, the kids just want attention <laughs> from their dad. I, I, they're literally fighting. And I, maybe they're going through their own little demise in their head because their dad's kind of a, a dick who's writing about cannibal nuns. Yeah. But um, we kind of see that Phillip's not really connecting with his dad because as his dad goes back to his office, after he throws him down, says, you know, hey, Philip, David, Knock calm it the off. fuck down. Yeah. Philip says, you know, under his breath, motherfucker. Motherfucker. Which is awesome. I love it when little kids swear. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things in these movies. I know movies. it sounds weird, too, but I don't really mind when uh, when uh, kids die, like, when they show kids die in our slasher movies. Like, it doesn't bother We've seen them. a couple of those. It doesn't bother you. Yeah. You're more bothered Probably. by animals. Yes. Animal death. And, like, domestic violence. And well, rape. sure. And, you know, of course. I mean, I'm yeah. not... But the that, usual things that like, should bother a person. I don't mind, like, if a kid dies, like... Yeah. But, I mean, that should bother... But I'm like, it should hey, bother it's you. a movie. Yeah, it is a movie. But so, yet the but yet the domestic violence and the rape and the animal abuse yeah. bothers you, even though nope. it's just a movie. <laughs> yeah, a piece of shit movie they have with Chayden Tanning about a dog that was an old buddy from the army. Yeah, it's like hey, let's Marley and me too. It's like I don't. Yeah, that's uh, it's weird logic, man. That you're okay with kid death, but not okay with these other things. It's all in a movie. Though. All right, Doctor Damos, you really want to dive into me no, even more? No, I don't. But I think it's funny when little kids swear and Philip goes, "Motherfucker!" <laughs> yeah, sorry. So back to Cannibal Nuns. Yeah, it's just the they cut back to the side scene and the um, the nuns are hoisting the dead priest. Well, he's not dead or priest up on a he's cross kinda, yeah, he's, like he's crucified and they're cutting a hole in his torso and pulling out some one of his organs yeah it's like they're i, I thought it was like the skin on your stomach yeah it's not his heart because it's no, too it's low and too central low. they but, pull out something but they're but i guess they're treating him like he's jesus because they're eating his skin like it's the the the, the flesh body of christ yep. yeah but andy remember they're cannibals so each it doesn't need, it doesn't need to be cooked no they're each it doesn't need to be over yeah raw priest yeah <laughs> Isn't that weird Gross. that we eat meat, but we can't eat it like wolves or lions or tigers? Because I can't walk out into a field of cows and just like... Eat oh, the cow? Yeah, just start <laughs> eating no, it like a zombie. No, bacteria and stuff. Uh, yeah, I ha- yeah, so are we... Supp- and we don't have the teeth of lions. We don't have the teeth of you know, tigers. There is are some... we supposed to eat that shit? Because we that, have to cook it. Here's the thing. There is some um, literature that proposes maybe your appendix used to... Uh, emit enzymes that would help kill bacteria and other things in raw food and as we evolved as humans and started cooking our food didn't need those enzymes so much anymore and that's why we really don't need our appendix next week on tucker carlson we'll be learning (laughs) tucker carlson (laughs) i'm just kidding i'm saying like caveman days they probably did eat very undercooked or even raw food and uh, raw meat and and you're there there's some literature that thinks the appendix would uh, so did we have the teeth of tigers and probably didn't. Tear no the- no i'm sure our teeth are are the way they've always been because humans are omnivorous uh, at least a lot of ancient humans probably ate a lot of vegetables and plants but also meat that's anyway. a good point. I like that. I like that. But uh, my point was the cannibal nuns don't need to cook. No, it. they eating, don't. They're eating raw yeah. flesh. Raw flesh. They'll be fine. So we're back. Uh, we're <laughs> Sorry for that tangent to everyone about your appendix. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. Um, slash medical you. Right. No, what's um, med- slash medical school? That was yeah. lame. Let's get back to it. It's a party. Yeah. This party he actually makes. Yeah. It's Steven a- is explaining. And then they hoist him up, and they cut him open, and he's they telling eat Bert. he's telling Bert about his idea, uh, which is the scene we just saw. 
Yeah, and, and Bert like, loves it. And he and he's like, I want to know more, Steve. Tell me more. He's like, right. Hey, go fill up my ginger ale, and I will yeah. tell you more. Yep. So Bert splits. And uh, anyway, I just want to say this, Andy. This party looks rad. As as Bert takes off, you know, John or Stephen gets up from the couch. It's kind of walking the party. Tuxedos, disco music. Everybody's looking low good. Low cut dresses for sure. Cocaine. It's fucking perfect. God, God bless Canada. High class. Uh, Canadian equivalent of Hollywood party. Yes, for and sure. St- yeah, and Toronto. Stephen is a Stephen is a talk of the town. His actor Darlene is at the party, and this is a great line when he's talking to Darlene. I didn't write it down, but I remember what she say. Uh, she's like, um, "I heard your genius is drying up." Yeah, I heard your yeah, I heard your genius is drying up, and you're not writing anything. He's like, "I'm sure you know a lot about drying up." What you think? Ooh, ooh, do you think he's talking about Lahaina? Maybe you're just her looks and yeah. her or her yeah, yeah her, her yeah her, her, her talent yeah. yeah. So again, Darlene, Stephen, do if not. You're gonna insult other. a female actress. My guess is that's Ooh, one of the best ways to do it. Yeah. Just say like, I'm sure you know a thing or two about drying up because she's probably very self conscious about her looks and her abilities. Yeah. And so if he says something like that, that's gonna cut her. Deep. I can only imagine, man. Terrible. I mean, what a dick. Stephen. Yeah. That's a douchey thing to say, man. Well, she's a douchey person, yeah, too. Yeah, I suppose, but... Two douches can douche out on each other. They can, and, and that's fun. But if a third douche comes in, then it's going to be a douchey kind of thing. Too much douche. Too much right. Canadian douche. Right. Bert comes back douche with... Douche overload. <laughs> anyway. Bert comes back, yeah. With a Here's ginger your ginger ale. ale. What? And, Tell me the rest. And he yeah. doesn't seem to be too happy when uh, Stephen looks at him and says, Dude, that's all I got. The Canadian nun... The Canadian... Uh, the cannibal nun story? Mm-hmm. It's crap. I tossed it. I burned it, and then I rewrote it, and then I burned that because it's all crap. And, but and side note, not side scene. Side note: this party is rad. Yeah. The house is rad. It's got a pool. They're walking a, 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 alongside an indoor pool. Yeah, where Canadian girls are swimming in their bathing suits. Everything's all these hot people. Yep. But I love this line, and I consider a little bit of force. Wing. Oh, okay. Uh, Steven is talking to Bert. He's like, you know, I don't write real horror. Um, real horror isn't blood and guts. And all this, um, yeah. It is, horror is the ultimate terror. Right. It That's is, what he's going after. Yeah. Living in that ultimate terror. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing indeed. Because Bert is lecturing him like, bro, you got to come up with something. Yeah, hurry up. We've got people waiting on this stuff and fronting money, and we need it or we're going to get sued. Cannibal nuns, uh, fucking yeah. suicidal fetus. They all are great. Why come you f- up with some stuff. Hurry up. Yeah. And this is like, again, like, thank goodness you have us students of Slash U, Nick and Andy here. Yeah. You should we had to worship watch it the ground we walk no, on. No, I'm serious, brother, because we <laughs> watching it twice, you get to understand it more. You do. So even if you can watch it once and come back and listen to us. There have fun. Yep. And learn all about Canada. And then watch it again. Yep. Well, no, you don't have to watch it again. You can, well, we watch it again. I'm saying that you can learn uh, about the movie and about the history of Canada. Canada. Yeah. So oh, Canada. Stephen wants the ultimate terror. That's what he's after. The ultimate horror, ultimate terror, not this schlocky shit. Shit. So he excuses himself from Bert to go look for his wife. He needs to go find Elizabeth. It turns out she's doing cocaine in a quiet, dimly lit room with two gentlemen. And, LGBTQIA plus Canadian? Uh, yep. And then another guy. I and call then, neck kisser. And then uh, there's another lady, I think, smoking, smoking, smoking a joint, a joint on the couch. But uh, she's uh, snorting some cocaine and Steve comes in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so this, and he's like, yo, honey, let's go. And mm-hmm. so the neck kisser 
And the tuxedo goes up to Steven and goes, yo, man, I'm stoked on your work. I've I love never, all your books. I've yeah. never read them. I've never read them. <laughs> but I, I'm high on cocaine, and I just think it'd be cool to talk to you. Yep. And then <laughs> the other guy there is like... LGBTQ Canadian. Do you want some of this? It'll jerk off your brain. <laughs> Maybe you'll be able to write a lot of good stuff. Yes. You know? Which a lot of authors, I think Stephen King, we mentioned what? before, have written stuff baked out of their minds, you know? I think uh, Stephen King has said that one of his novels, I can't remember which one, he doesn't remember writing a lot of it. Wow. Uh, I don't remember which one it was. Damn, I wish I'd done my research. But, you know, it's a perfect example. And, and like this guy in the movie is saying to, to Stephen, you know, you should do some drugs. Maybe it'll help you write. When I wrote Discarded, uh -huh. totally high on cough syrup. Oh, wow. Yep. One of the best things to <laughs> take to write like, give me some nyquil and like, give me a typewriter let's do this yeah uh the cocaine continues as the um neck kisser and steven a, a talk and the lgbtq canadian you know offers of coke and they're like you know hey let's let's, let's party mm -hmm. ultimately steven says no gotta go gotta go grabs elizabeth and they leave they're, they're planning to leave the party my question for you annie as they're walking to leave the party <clears throat> it's too early to leave did you hear the time that he said 1.30. 1.30, you think in the morning, not in the afternoon. Mm. But it is 1.30. Okay, great. They realize that no, they have left no one there to watch their kids. Great parents. Terrible parents. So they're like, holy shit, I thought you, I thought, no. So the kids are alone in this huge house by themselves. Yep. They run to the phone at the party. They, they get on, they get Philip, their oldest son they on the call phone. call home, yep. Hey, is everything, oh, everything's good, everything's good. Okay, I'm gonna have grandma come over, mm -hmm. make you something to eat. It's 1.30 in the morning, make you something to eat, and everything will be cool. Why don't you guys just fucking leave? I, I mean, know. is this party in Vancouver? I which is on know. the other side of Toronto, it's on the west yep. side. Okay. It's in Saskatchewan, so, yeah. So, like, I don't understand why they just don't say, hey, Philip, we'll be right home. Do you want us to pick you up some White Castle? Yeah. Or, like, anything. <laughs> Whatever they can get I, at 1.30 I mean, in the morning. I, I mean, but, because the mom says, hey, while Taco you're on the Bell. phone, I'm going to go back to the cocaine party. Yeah. And I, this scene, like, kind of bothered me, you know? Yeah. It's like... But we're getting the sense that neither of them are very good parents. She just wants to do drugs. And he's too tied up in his writing. I know, but, still, but they're, neither they're of them. Of, they're concerned about the kids, though. I mean, I don't neither wanna... of them lined up a babysitter. She's like, I was gone all day. It was your responsibility. You were supposed to do it. And he's like, what the fuck? I didn't do it. You, you didn't I, leave I, someone. And yeah, I they just... end up pointing fingers at each other. You're right. I, I, they it's... <clears throat> come on. But they go home. Words. But no, she goes back to the cocaine and he because like, he's going to call his mother. Grandma. Yeah. So I guess maybe the party's like a half an hour away and grandma lives like five minutes away. Who anyway, knows? They get home. I would guess it's about 2.30 now. Well, the on the drive home, he asks oh, yeah. Elizabeth, how much, how much drugs are you into? And she's like, well, all of it, really. I do all that stuff. And and she starts mocking him. You know, if you were to psychoanalyze me, Dr. Lessie, you know, I maybe it's the fact that my husband abandoned me for a typewriter. And that's why I do drugs and blah, 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 blah. So she's essentially blaming him. Like, she hates her husband. You're no longer really my husband. Yeah, you're you're you. bad yeah. at it. I don't like you anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Totally. Our marriage has failed. And he's like, we're going to see somebody. We're going to get through this. And she's like, no, it's done. We're done. I'm yeah, done. I mean, I mean, it's totally over. <laughs> totally done. Hey, it's a big um, time. We were totally over. But when they get home, Elizabeth stays in the car, and Stephen goes inside. Grandma's there with the kids. And go to they bed, wouldn't yeah. go to, yeah. He's, they wouldn't go to bed. Mama's okay. She's, she's fine. Just tired, she's just tired. Had a rough day. Yeah. Blah, 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 like you were saying. So the kids go to bed, and this is um, the next side scene. Punk rock Nazis! 
Yeah, we get a side scene with a band, and this side scene is the whole thing. They don't do the intercut back and forth. Yeah, no, this whole is... side scene plays out to its conclusion. We get another music video in this scene, uh, much like a Hack a Lantern. Yep. Where we see a Blood Harvest, where we get some great music. So, yeah, I actually uh, you have play the music. A this is the song that they're playing, and uh, for it looks like just a it's it's a punk rock band. Yep. And I love how they 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 think of punk rock. It's makeup and funny hair and very very not punk, but maybe new wave, <laughs> maybe new wave. Anyway, I don't know. this you is the, you got the song. This is kind of like what they are uh, singing. Okay. Canadian punk band, by the way. Is it? Yep. Cool. New wave. So already we know they're better than Nickelback. Um, 100%. And they're way better than <laughs> Suicide Fetus or whatever it was called earlier. Suicide Fetus? Suicidal yeah. Fetus? Yeah. <laughs> Punk Rock Nazis is uh, still comes under blood boobs. but uh, That's they, their poster. It's a swastika with a fist punching yeah, through it. Yeah. <laughs> Punk Rock Nazis. But I, I feel like it's placed in Germany because the... You know, as, as the as this band sings their uh, award-winning hit, <laughs> uh, a henchman goes out to collect winos that are slumming around the town, and we're kind of like, hmm, he's grabbing like drunk people, giving them bottles of liquor, throwing them in the van. Yep. And this is like a German musical technician, Andy, who tells the band that explains to the lead singer that, hey, we've discovered a sound that could physically change the form of your body, make you evacuate your wastes. Well, yeah, he says, you know, yeah. And, yeah, the singer's like, you mean shit yourself? Yeah, low frequency <laughs> sounds make you poop. They lick you poop. Yep. I, that's a horrible German accent. We got the brown note, baby. The br- <laughs> <laughs> and it just makes you poop yourself. They bring in the winos and everyone else puts on ear covers and this German music technician brings in an amplifier. Yep, some equipment, weird stuff. Plug into this. And play your song. And play your song for us again. Yeah. And as they're playing, the the three bums, winos, start to writhe around in pain. It takes a long time for yeah. them to die because this is a full song. They play I the just whole, played 30 seconds. Yeah, they play the whole this song. This is three minutes of fast forward second yep. time. But I, I, the only reason I watched it all is, like I said, Andy, so I can keep up my notes. But they, they do kind of like start shaking. They piss themselves, and then they finally... Explode. Like their intestines like pop out of their torsos. So it's not just pooping their pants, it's a violent reaction to the music. Yeah, I mean And they die. Yeah, they they all die. And even that that punk rock band, they're supposed to be so hardcore, they're like Holy shit, we just killed three people. We just killed three people. We literally killed three people with our music. I thought it would have been funny every day. I thought I thought it would have been funny (laughs) if uh if one of the earplugs would have fallen out, like the drummer, (laughs) like if his earplug fallen out and he pooped his pants. (laughs) I thought that would have been a Pretty funny comedic thing. Like but. you filmed from behind where he's sitting on a stool. Yeah, <laughs> he's just drumming, and one of the earplugs comes loose, and he can't stop to put it back in because he's drumming, <laughs> and it comes out and he poops his pants. But they didn't do that anyway. So again, um, <laughs> the music kills the winos. The music kills the winos. Yeah, and uh, we cut to it's a the scene is John or sorry Stephen telling Bert that 
He's reading it. He's reading. Bert's the reading that script and he loves it. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, this is great. This is great." Imagine. I love, uh, I love Nazi punk. Yeah. He's like, imagine coliseums Detroit, full of people, Detroit, Chicago, Chicago, Chicago LA, people and they're all themselves. shitting themselves and yeah. dying. Yeah, he thinks it'll make a great movie. I do too. Yep. I agree with this is the only time I agree with Bert in this whole thing and so uh, I fully agree that would be an awesome movie. <laughs> I would watch the hell out of it. <laughs> a Grateful Dead show or What like, would you call that? Like not like Nazi a, punks. I don't know, but like poop I don't know, poop across America. Well, <laughs> no, it's Canadian. But oh. if we did if we did make it America, um poop, Well Detroit and Chicago and yeah. Yeah, I mean like, these, you know Yeah. If a big. band went on tour to all these big venues and, and everyone in the venue shat their pants. Big city bowels or no, big oh. city craps or big city shit. I like shits. big city bowels. That's oh. a good one. Yeah. We'll workshop it. Get back to you. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, little, uh, what's it, David? Yeah. because Little he's... David, the son, comes in to daddy's office with the TV guide. Yes. Remember that? Yeah. I wrote, explain TV guide. It, it was just a little, little book. Magazine. A, a little magazine, a little book, like the size of Reader's Side. It, it's a little book. It's, yeah. It's, don't say Reader's Side. Yeah, just we'll have to explain that. But um, it's a little book. It came in the mail. If you subscribe, it came in the mail every week and it would tell you what was going to be on TV. A crossword puzzle, cheers and jeers. Had a lot of interviews and stuff. Yeah, so it was, it was like, I, what's coming on at eight o'clock on Wednesday? Right. So. It was for appointment television viewing. There you have yeah. Oh, I need to be in front of my TV at this day and this time to watch this show, yeah, which so is not a thing anymore. All little David is doing is saying, hey, Dad, your movie is coming on at 4.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, can I watch it? Because, yeah, it's 4.30 in the afternoon. It's not late. He's still like, no, homie. It's, it's still a little too... He, he says, ask your mom. Oh, that's right. And, but that's we right, cut I'm to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is in front of the mirror doing makeup and takes a phone call. From Peter. And says, like, you know, why are you calling my I house? I told you not to fucking call me here, yeah, Peter. But yeah, I'll be able to make it. I'll be there. And I'll bring the cocaine. And she takes off her wedding ring as well. Yep. She's done. She is definitely checked out of this marriage, but... Um... And, you know, as David continues to pester his father about watching this executioner, Bert's like, dude, let's get out of here, man. I don't like being around kids. Yeah, Number can one. we go? <laughs> Their kids are bothering me. Second, I want to talk more about uh, these this awesome these punk Nazis. Poop music. Yeah, yeah, poop music. There's the movie title. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> poop music's already been made. Oh, it has. It's already been, it's already been claimed. Produced. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, coming to theaters this Friday. Poop music. <laughs> Starring Paul Rudd. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and you know what? It would make a thousand million dollars. It would. Hi, I'm Paul Rudd. Yep. Go see my next movie, Poop, poop music. music. Or, or Adam Sandler. Yeah, oh, fuck Adam Sandler Adam. in Poop Music. Yeah. <laughs> if you love Hubie Halloween, you're going to love Poop Music. Uh, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Um, they, you know, so they, you know, they, they finally split. Uh, um, they go off to the movie set. They're off to the movie set again to, to watch a scene, you know, right. because Steven is such a big part of this movie. Right. Um, again, like Andy said, uh, the wife has checked out of the marriage. Yep. Um, you know, they... they Things are definitely falling apart. And little uh, David this... wants to watch Daddy's movie, The Executioners. Yeah. So, so back in the studio, this movie's being made, which, I, again, um, I don't know what's up with nuns. I mean, we've had, you know, again, I, I just think it's weird that we've had mm -hmm. um, uh, cannibal nuns, and now we have vampire nuns. Yeah, it's uh, a scene that they're shooting with a nun that's in a coffin. Yep. And I guess there's some kind of monk that's coming down with a wooden stake to stab her and Yeah, through the heart. She's in a she's in a right. she's in a she's in a in a she's coffin. A, she's in a coffin and she's asleep and, and the monk comes down with a like you said, a hammer and a stake and he's about to 
to right. drive it through her uh, heart. And they cut. They're setting up a special effects shot. Yep, which I think is kind of rad, brother. I'm not going to lie. Like, uh, I thought it was cool how they show, like, how they're setting up, like, a scene, which is, you know, it's a mannequin. But... They're going to cut off the monk's head. So they need to bring in, like, a dummy with a fake yeah. head and the pump for the blood. And, and our actress, Darlene, is that her name? Yep. Uh, she, I didn't t- pay attention to that stuff because it wasn't like vital. I paid attention to like the family's names and, and that's about it. But anyway, Darlene, the actress, has got this big sword. She's supposed to cut off the monk's head. She's complaining that it's too heavy and. Wah, 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 but anyway, you know. they say action. Yeah, and uh, she says something in Latin. Corspiris cofonis caratas. Yeah, nosferatu or whatever. <laughs> yes. Cuts uh, off the fake head and blood spatters, and she fucks it up and goes shit because she doesn't want to speak Latin. Yeah, she's like, can't I say something in English? Give yeah. me some good lines. This is shit. I'm an artist, mm. for God's sake. And um, how can I emote? And Stephen like hauls off like emote. Like what are you're supposed to cut off the guy's fucking head and blood? Like what do you need to be emoting about? We're spilling millions of dollars on this shit, and you yeah. want to fucking think you want to feelings? Yeah, <laughs> like what? Do they have Shakespeare in Canada? Uh, I think he's everywhere. Okay. I think he's like he's like Pitbull, man. He's worldwide. <laughs> Shakespeare's worldwide. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so Darlene storms out. She's done with this bullshit. She's like, I'm an artist. This is shit. I'm out. And it's one of those things, I think, Nick, where her and Steven actually agree. Because he's been, uh, up until this point, this whole movie, he's been talking about how he's he hates writing this traditional, schlocky, shitty horror. And she, at the same time, at this point, is like, I'm an artist, and I hate acting this shit. And he points out, like, what the fuck? This is garbage. We're shooting yeah. garbage, and you're going to worry about emoting? So she storms off. Yeah, she's like, if you don't change shit and give yeah. me real actual lines... That I can feel, I'm out. I feel like in another context, Steven and Darlene probably could have been good friends because they're both, he wants to write more uh, uh, highbrow stuff and she obviously wants to act more highbrow stuff, but they don't like each other. So that's the end of the shooting day. She storms off and uh, to go star the Canadian version of Hubie Halloween. Yeah, right. So Steven is- (laughs) Where she can emote. (laughs) So now she can, she can what? A puke. A, 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 a puke? I don't know. That was a And now Steven's driving home. He's driving home listening to the radio. Um, and the news comes on. He's listening to the news, you know, and just listening to the radio half-assed. And the, the news comes on and tells a story of two young boys who have killed their sister. And right away I knew while it was playing. about yeah. playing. Right away I knew it was him. First watch. I knew right away that it was talking about his kids. Right. But he's, he's kind of half-listening, and he's just, oh, there you go, promoting your sensationalism. Right to the sensationalism. And yeah. you're right. I thought the same thing, man, because I was like, why would they specifically let us as the audience hear this if it wasn't important? And uh, mm-hmm. it was. And I do love, excuse me, I love this next scene to sound cinephilely, a great shot uh, where the camera kind of pans in on a department store window full of TVs. And the focus is on, the camera starts to focus on one TV. And it's the news story that is appearing. The Canadian news story is appearing. And it's a story of the two kids who are recreating a horror movie that their dad wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stephen this in- Lessie's movie. Yeah. There you go. And this includes hanging a... Uh, uh, the victim, and the victim um, is their seven-year-old sister, uh, and oh shit, potential spam. Oops. Um, yeah, get off of that. Yeah, it's what I'm getting at is that it's the the the, the author Stephen Lessie's daughter. She, you, the, the the two brothers were just trying to recreate a scene from his movie, The Executioners. The Executioner. There you go. And they accidentally hung 
their little sister. And that's what Stephen pulls up. Terrible. He pulls up. The cops are there. The press is there. They immediately bombard him like, Mr. Lessie, Mr. Lessie, you know, what do you think about this? Same thing. Yeah. What do you think about this? And he's just finding out, like, what's going on? Wouldn't the cops be there first? I mean, or the Mounties? I mean, like, wouldn't the Canadian Mounties be there on their horses going, hey, it's a big time you got home. (laughs) What are you doing here? (laughs) Yeah. Um, are they Irish? I don't know. <laughs> what are you doing here, laddie? Get your get your arse into the house. We've got some questions for you. Aye. I've Who? got me pot of gold over here. I've got a... <laughs> Who won the Maple Leafs game? Yeah. Who won the Maple Leafs game? You're over here in the Toronto... Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs. The... The press, uh, so so you're Stephen, you're Stephen Lessie. You're just finding out yes. shit, shit's happened, and the press is asking you about your kids and the movie that you wrote. <laughs> Do you think it's your fault? You wrote the movie, and they're trying yeah. to reenact the movie, and they're dead, and blah blah blah. Dude, your daughter's dead. You know, like I mean, like it's yeah. just like so he he gets he gets in the house. He runs downstairs, and it's a great shot of him running up to the uh, the rope. There's a rope there. Um, Do you? Can I be honest with you? I thought that this was another side scene taking place in his mind. Oh, I never for got a little that. bit. Really? Never. Got okay, that. I thought for a second that we've had these scenes in this movie up to this point, or scenes that are in his brain, you know, where he's thinking about ways to write, and that I thought this was just another one, uh, like a mind fuck thing where he is starting to detach from reality. Because at this point, I was like, where is this movie going? Where, where are we going here? And I thought he was sort of getting lost in the typing to the point where. Um, he was overlapping his own life or maybe, something. Maybe the so first watch. Yeah, I, I, first I, I watch. Can, I, can I was like, that. yeah, first time through. I was like, this isn't real. This is another scene in his imagination. But I, I, I it's see, real. I, I can definitely vibe on that, Andy. But yeah. I did not get that. What I saw out of this was that little David was like, hey, dad's not home. Mom's not home. We can watch the executioner with Philip, with Sharon. The whole kids are watching they it. They watch Daddy's movie because no one was home. Hey, let's recreate this scene. Let's play. Yeah, yeah. let's go. And then uh, the youngest, poor little Sharon, is poor dead. little Sharon is dead. Um, when why is Doctor Masters there? And who is he? The doc, uh, doctor is downstairs going, you know, hey, it's just an accident. Maybe it's the coroner. No, they call it, yeah, maybe, but I mean, it's Dr. Masters. I remember yeah. his name. It was an accident. But um, I just yeah. kind of feel like Dr. Masters should have an Irish accent now. I have no idea. <laughs> it was just an accident, laddie. It was an accident. Uh, the kids, the wee ones didn't know what they were doing. Don't worry about it. That would have worked way better. I mean, when we he wouldn't the, say when don't we worry were, about it. But yeah, I know. Yeah. But when we remake this movie, yeah. Dr. Masters will definitely be Irish. Anyway. Got it. Dr. O'Masters. Got it. <laughs> It, that's another stereotype. In order to be Irish, it has to be O apostrophe whatever. O Smith, O Masters, O, Bur- uh, o, o Goldberg. Uh, this special edition of Slash You, oh, we man. talk for eight hours. We're just going to alienate everybody. <laughs> um, Don't worry about it, Lottie. But That'll be this, fine. When, when you're talking about this is where I kind of knew that the, the, the scene was taking the transition of the, the demise of the marriage. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth shows up and she's just wailing on. Totally um, blames him. Yeah, Stephen going, hey, this man, is your this fault. is your fault. This you is your bastard. movie. Yep. This is when I knew that the marriage was over. There's not Stephen, gonna be uh, at the same time, is kind of like, where, where were, were you? you? Totally. You're their mother. Like, where were you? Like, you knew, like, I'm on the movie set. Like, I'm working and stuff. Where were you? She was Elizabeth. with Peter. Or the yeah. neck kisser. What the I don't know. fuck was she doing? And um, so. Making porn coffee. <laughs> God, you're never going to let me hear the end of that. So we. Um, they hate each other. 
I mean, that's pretty much it. Like he questions his two sons. His two sons are there with grandma and he just kind of is like, what, what happened? I'm not mad. I just want to know what happened. David won't. And he's like, where was mommy? Was mommy with someone? And David turns away and he's like, mommy was with someone. Tell, you know, tell the, tell the policeman, you know, uh, how much of a bad mommy. You're talking about old older brother, Philip. Yeah. Well, Philip too. He grabs Philip and yeah, he's just shakes like, the fuck out he of starts getting angry with Philip and shaking him. Like, why did you do this to me? And Philip eventually says like, I hate you. I yep. hate you, daddy. I hate you. He hates his father. And, so the, um, this yeah, is well, they go to the police station. They go to the police station. Uh, the Canadian Mounties are uh, taking their report with the family. Yep, on um, a typewriter of all things. On a typewriter, the horses are eating hay. Um, a watching a Maple Leafs game right next to them. Yep, um, they're going to stay with Grandma. It's for the best. So uh, Sharon, who's no longer with us, David and Philip are going to go stay with Grandma. Yep. Um, Stephen and Elizabeth are they going to work things out? Nope. Don't know. Andy, I think they're finally over. I think they're done, Nick. I, I believe you're right. Because yeah, uh, the scene fades out. And, we're, and I, um, yeah. I guess it's the next day, and Steven Yeah, is... the next day or maybe like a week later. Uh, some time passes, I that's feel like. That's a good like. call. I never thought about that, It could Andy. have been that like is, a week. I, that's why it's so... Ten years later, six years. Yeah, they don't the say that. SpongeBob anyway. SquarePants. <laughs> six months later. Later. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they fade up, and they're in Burt's... I'd like to think a week. That's yeah, a good call. That sounds right. Let's agree on that. It was a week later. They fade I up. I like that. Bert and Steve are obviously, I think, in Bert's office. Yep. Bert is essentially saying, like... Look at that, the Toronto Tower. I'm sure right. there's another name the for it. But... Space Needle. Space? Which, no, that's... This one in Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. yeah. He's looking at some big tower in Toronto. Mm. I wish I knew. Go ahead. Keep urban. I knew that. Uh, oh, shit. That was pretty loud. Sorry, uh, everybody. I, I knew that, that he was in... Uh, they're in Toronto because he clearly says, you know, they make garbage movies, but we're we're here to... We're here to fix that. We're here to make good stuff. Yeah, and also we're a clean city. Yeah, we make safe. we make we make, yep. we make shitty films, but we're a clean city. We right. Change that. Blah blah blah. Tr- but, Bert's trying to get Steve to keep writing. Yeah. So yeah, you know, trying to try to keep him stoked. You know, he just lost his daughter, daughter and his he's got writer's block. He can't produce shit. Uh, his marriage is on the fucking rocks. So hey. Let's fly to Montreal to go yeah. see some French whores. So that was, yeah, this going back to the beginning of the podcast, that's where I had written, like, where did they go? Montreal. You, so they got on a plane just for the day, for the for dinner. Yeah, they got a private jet because uh, Boobs of Plenty Paula is waiting for them at the jet. Right. When uh, the Rolls Royce pulls up and uh, they jet, literally pun intended, they jet off to Montreal. And they're at a French restaurant. With French gals. There's a bunch of French girls. Bert's like, yeah, this is Stephen Lessie. He's a famous screenwriter. Maybe he'll put you in one of his movies. And, yeah. and there's Bert... a girl who looks a lot like Elizabeth making eyes yeah. at Stephen, like, ooh, looking at him. He yeah. was like, and as this is going on, like, it's weird. Stephen is, like, kind of focusing on objects that are that are on or around the table they're sitting at. Yeah. And this is kind of when uh, Bert, who's super classy, kind of goes into his... Uh, you know, comparisons of French girls and normal girls. Mm-hmm. And he likes the French girls better because uh, they'll show you their boobs without you having to spend a lot of money. If they like you, they like you. Yeah, other yeah. girls, you have to spend a lot of money and then they won't show you their boobs. Yeah, Bert's a pig. Yeah, he's yeah. a horrible man. <laughs> but because he likes the French whores. Yeah. Uh, um, but, but again, he, like, he, is he losing his mind, Andy? I'm not not Bert, oh, but Steven. Andy. Steven, yeah. Is he like, uh, you know, it's, it's, he, he's, he's, in a, in, a, in a spiral, a mental spiral. Yeah. But I love how Bert says, hey, I know you've had a tough time. Let's get this done. Let's, we got to get down to business. I need you to write 
this fucking movie. Get this done or we're in big trouble. Yeah, I mean, it's like, hey, I he know says, you've lost. You can go anywhere you need to. I can get in my guy in the car. You, I can fly you to Florida, back home, home. Yeah, LA. Wherever, wherever you need to go to get this done. But you got two weeks. Two weeks. And uh, this is like, as Bert's explaining this and telling him this, mm-hmm. Steven is kind of going, uh, reminiscing about some of the stories that we've already seen as an audience. He's going back to boobs and blood. In the shower. In the shower. He's going back to uh, granny fire. Yeah, granny flambe. Suicidal fetuses. <laughs> yep. He's flashing back <laughs> to all this flambe. stuff. Uh, Nazi punks. All of that. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, you're going to head back to Toronto. You're going to pack. And you're going to get this shit done. You're going to get it quick. You're going to get back to writing. Right. Because I need that script. Well, the... Uh, Bert's driver gets Stephen home. Stephen goes inside the house and just he's he is fully intent on packing a bag and yep. going somewhere. But he realizes Elizabeth is gone. Her closet's empty and all of her stuff's gone. And yeah, that's when he realizes, it. oh, she's gone. My family, I have no I, everyone's I, gone. I have no family. I got nobody. And he tells the driver and oh, Bert, you know, tell Bert, fuck off, fuck off. I'm yeah. not doing it. <laughs> totally. Um, and he goes back in the house and answers the phone, and it happens to be Bert yelling at him, like, the driver just called me from the car phone. You fucking get me, blah, 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 blah. And he just sets the phone down. <laughs> I love that. Pours himself a drink, and he goes on a bender. Like, yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. It's so funny, Andy. is like, you know, everything that's happened to Steven, yeah. his writer's block, his daughter dying, right. his wife leaving him, he's like, time to get my drink on. This plays out pretty quick. And it, yeah, but he, he does go to, uh, he hangs the phone on Bert, like you said, but he goes to a Canadian bar. I guess. Um, where they, uh, you know, bring on the hockey and Labatt's Blue. It's a, po- <laughs> no, all joking aside, it's a poetry bar. Yeah. I it's a poetry bar with topless waitresses. Yeah. Can we bring those to America? Uh, It'd be nice. Roses are red, violets are blue, slash you is red, how about you? And then there's a girl bringing you a Blatt's beer. With no top on. With no top on. I would drink there. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure our wives would go with us, too. Oh, to- Jody would be like, yeah, look at those bubes. Yeah. But. Uh, Love you, baby. He is um, a little wasted, and he's picking up a couple. Two girls. Yep. Ladies of the evening. Are they? I think they are. That's a good call. Yeah. I think he's Because he throws money down on the table because he's kind of wasted. Yep. He throws money on the table. They pick it up and he's like, they go, let's go, girls. So they go to have a Canadian threesome, which is you and a partner and a moose. Um, And (laughs) Canadian threesome. (laughs) It's just him and the two hookers. But they do grab all the other girls because he's like, let's go to my house. Let's party. Right. I don't have any kids. I don't have a wife. So it's Steven and the two girls he came with, they pull into his house, plus four more other girls. He brings a whole bunch of prostitutes home. So it's six girls and him. Yeah. So seven people total. And there's music and there's booze. Cocaine. And he pulls out the little baggie of cocaine yes, that he that took uh, from his wife's uh, purse. Uh, and then he sets up the projector and his movie. The Executioner. Let's watch this, you know. And um, the girls, of course, they want to get high. They want to do wasted. cocaine. Yeah. yeah, so they're more interested in that stuff. Who wouldn't um, be? I know, right? And while he, Steven is transfixed on his own movie, the the, the girls start to party. And uh, one of them takes off, you know, her top, her clothes, and starts climbing up on him. They want to make out. Plenty. Yeah, they want to get things going. And um, he is... Not really paying attention. They're holding some uh, coke under his nose and getting him to sniff it a little bit. And, but he's watching the movie the whole time, which it features like several people on the gallows and these other people in robes who are making noises like Jawas from yeah, Star Wars. They, but they also look like Jawas from Star Wars. Hanging them. That's yeah. the executioners. The ex- but are they kids? I mean, it's supposed it's, to be children. It's I supposed think. to be children hanging, yeah. like children of the corn. Yeah. 
Canadian children of the corn. I yeah. have no idea, but it, they do look like Jawas. As Andy said, they, they're dressed like Jawas. They're making those same styles. <laughs> they hang adults. Again, very, you know, Stephen King-ish. But, um, but in his fucked up mind, he's seeing his daughter in yep. those gallows and the, being hung over and over again. Yep. So the party is continuing. Girls topless. Boobs in his face. You know, he's like, he is transfixed on this fil- uh, his film. Yep. But it's not, it's his he it's ends up his, seeing his own kids in the, his own in the film, his own life. And Ooh, he, cinephile. Uh, cinephile alert, cinephile it's alert. the worst. And so he ends up freaking out and, um, you know, getting he in a fight. Yep. He getting in a fight with a couple of the prostitutes, the, the hookers. Uh, ladies ladies of, of the evening. Sex workers. Sex workers. And they trash his place. They're angry now. They're pissed. And he's kicking them all out. Um, they're trashing his, you know, why throwing they, shit off the they walls. Sh- they're pissed. I don't know. And they just, I guess. And, um. One of them, like, he goes to hit the last one who's leaving, and she smashes a bottle over his head and causes him to bleed a little bit. He just ends up crying, and then he, like, hallucinates some blood in the tub or, you know, you have blood on his hands. He hallucinates, and uh, he hallucinates his wife burning on the bed, just like the burning grandma. Yeah. He jumps on the bed. He ends up just passing out. Yeah, that's what I, exactly. As the girls leave, he, you know, and, and he goes to this kind of like, you know, mental chaos. He falls down among the debris that, were, you know, where they tra- trashed his house, you know, yeah. it's littered all around his house. Right. Um, but when he awakes and he's kind of starting to realize that he might have the script for the perfect movie. He mopes around the house a little bit. Yep. We get a quick shot. He's sitting on the stairs with a stuffed animal and the broken rope from where his daughter hung. Mm-hmm. And, and like a quick image of his daughter hanging. Yep. Swings in the frame and you're like, oh, God. You know, because little kids, Nick's okay with little kids dying, but I was no problem. I was disturbed by it because um, I'm normal. It's and a movie, then, um, yeah, okay, that's fine. The other stuff bothered you though, so he ends up sitting down at the typewriter and calling Bert. Gets his assistant, tell Bert to call me back. Tell him I've got it. Uh, he's gonna love it. It'll be good, and um, that's that. My question though is, he sits at the typewriter. He's flashing back to all the chaos though. The other stuff, yeah. yeah. That's happened. Uh, the, his life. Him shaking Philip, saying, I hate you, daddy. And the, his wife telling him that he's a piece of shit. Right. Like, um, flashing back to all that so, stuff. So, again, you remember when he went back to that, that 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 scene at that party where he's telling Bert, you know, horrors and blood and guts. I need true horror. True horror is terror. It's living your own terror every day. And here we are. So, as he's writing this movie, or the script, rather, he pulls out a gun. One of the things he flashes back to was not something we saw, but... So, him and Elizabeth in the car and her saying like, you know, if I had a gun, I would go around the house and shoot us all while we were sleeping. Great call. Remember? Yes. No, she didn't say that in real time when it had, when they were in the car earlier in the movie, but in this little flashback, she says, if I had a gun, I'd go around the house and shoot us all in our sleep. And as he's typing, we see a hand reaching to the desk drawer and open the drawer and pull out a gun and point towards the camera. Just yeah, quick edits to the the barrel of the gun. And we hear it go off. Roll credits. Roll credits. So did he commit suicide? <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> Come on, put, put on your cinephile you panties. You think so? Put on your cinephile panties. Uh, I think he did. I do too. I think he killed himself. I think he finished the script, left it for Burt, True Terror, wrote his, wrote his uh, what do you call it, like his... Magnum opus. Yeah, magnum opus. His best masterpiece, and then shot himself. Roll credits. So before we get into our little ad piece and... You know, our kill count. On a scale of one to three blood boobies, what would you rate this? Two and a half blood boobies. I'm going to do... <laughs> I'm going to do an even normal two blood boobies. Okay. Here's why. Yeah. I And I want to hear... 
it wasn't a traditional slasher. No, it was not. But it still had a lot of the, the nuances that we wanted to see. And after watching it a second time, Andy, I kind of appreciate a little bit more. Again, if you call yourself a fan of of schlock or what? I wasn't even, is this the most cinephile movie we've ever watched? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's definitely most artsy fartsy. All right, sure. well, go find out yourself and we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back. So two and a half boob, bloody boobs for you. Two bloody boobs for me. Um, fan of the genre. Not a yeah. slasher, but still something worth watching. It's good. Canadian movie. Deadline. It really explores that, like, what's better? The artsy, fartsy horror stuff or the traditional campy, cheesy, blood, boobs, guts? I mean, that's what it's struggling with the whole time. I like to think of myself as a... Uh, small little small time horror writer mm-hmm. uh, I go for that campy fucking bloody boobies I'm all in murder on that cabin stuff. I put a lot of boobs in yeah but well, at the same time murder cabin's got like you know an underlying oh yeah you know sort of message Thank theme you. yeah I dig it Thank you. Uh, you want to do the kill count let's do the kill count okay Ooh. Ooh, God. so we uh. had most of these are from the side scenes that we saw they the stuff that were um Stephen's uh, various uh, musings and what he's writing. So the first one was that girl in the shower. The bloody, bloody boobs. The bloody boobs, which drowns in the shower full of blood. Then the snowplow guy. Nick's dick sh- shot kill of the week. The goat. The, week. the demon goat killed snowplow guy. <laughs> the death goat. And then uh, Grandma Flambe. That's my <laughs> dick shot kill of the week. Grilling Grandma. Grilling Grandma on the bed. Then we have the pregnant, uh, pregnancy gone wrong, suicidal fetus. We're counting mom and baby in that one, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. Holy shit. That's yeah. weird. It's coming up more, but yes. It is. It's, it's she wanted to have the baby. And the, they specifically said it's like the fetus committed suicide yeah, rather than being born. Um, Reverse of. Yeah. Suicidal fetus yeah, opening suicidal. at Summerfest this summer. <laughs> um, and then we had the three, um, the three winos who pooped themselves to death, essentially, when the punk rock band played the brown note. They exploded. They exploded. Oh, yeah, their intestines explode. And then uh, the unfortunate, but Nick's okay with it, death of (laughs) Stephen's daughter, Sharon. (laughs) Not okay with it. He's fine when kids die. If Stephen's dog, like German Shepherd, a Canadian Shepherd, it would have been... Yeah. I would have been more bummed about yeah. the shepherd. Well, the, this innocent, cute little blonde girl hung to death. Not a problem. Um, <laughs> that's nine. That's nine deaths. Was that it, really? Nine nine kills, I guess, or deaths in, in this uh, movie. Yeah. That was it. Wow. We're uh, we're pretty heavy this week, so. It's any, St. Patrick's uh, Day. It was a Canadian film. It was very cinephile I can keep thinking of excuses, <laughs> but um, I am not going to go there, you know, uh, I we have our movie for next week. So next week, yeah. Nineteen eighty one, right? Right, nineteen eighty one. Little long, hour thirty seven minutes. Oh, it is. Well, that's okay. Uh, it's called Nightmare. Yes. Watched yes. on uh, available on Tubi. Another one on Tubi. Stars a guy named Freddy Krueger. Oh, it does. No, it's. Uh, we're getting back to our roots here, slash you, because the description on this one is a mental patient embarks on a murder spree upon escaping from an institution. So. We're going back to basics, baby. <laughs> uh, available on Tubi. And um, 
Check it out. Nightmare, 1981. Directed by Romano Scavolini. Another Italian Hail director. Yeah, it's a me, Scavolini. Uh, quick yeah. shout outs to uh, every horror fan and horror lover out there. Also want to give a shout out to uh, It's Me and That's Who I Am. Uh, Gorehead underscore. Used to be Gorehead underscore podcast, but just one of our homies that really is a big fan, and uh, I can't thank enough for. Yes, thank you. Always oh, checking in with us, Gorehead underscore G O R E H E A D underscore uh, vinyl listener. Mm. So that's rad, and uh, a big fan of everything that is slash you what we do so a big shout out there and a big shout out to nightmare a big shout out to bloody boobs a big shout out to leprechauns <laughs> a big shout out to canadians and a big shout out to my friend and my partner in slash you life mr andy thank Demos. you thank you nick follow shout out to you follow us on the instagrams at uh slash you underscore podcast check out www.slashupodcast.com uh, I've kept that up to date. I need to update some cover art and things, um, but I'll get to it. Uh, we had a recent five-star review, by the way, oh, we did? on Apple Podcasts, so thank you. Uh, it, this is from Money, Money Python, M-O-N-I Python, Money Python. Uh, Nick and Andy are the best. There's nothing I love more than a campy horror movie, so this pod is perfect for me. They always choose the best movies to cover. So thank you. Well, that just makes me feel great. That reminds me to go tell your friends or tell like your friends. and subscribe. I don't know what you're supposed to say. Leave us some reviews. Uh, this one was a fun one, Andy. And, here's uh, another one from Selenide Had. Sinead O'Connor. She's Had. from Ireland. Just says, I absolutely adore this podcast. 10 out of 10. Um, Holy shit, we're starting to get some reviews. We're getting some reviews. So leave us a review. I will check it periodically, and I'll give you a shout-out right here. If you've stuck with us this long today, uh, thank you, everybody. So This was a good one. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back in, next time with Nightmare. Until Nightmare. then, class dismissed. Out and go bra. Yeah. Enjoy your beers, everybody. <laughs> Pat, patio furniture. I am a Canadian Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>